What's up, everyone? Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised a Geek. This week, we reviewed the second season of Loki that finished up this week and discussed our thoughts on the recently announced live-action Legend of Zelda movie. So let's get into it. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm here with my buddy, Don. How we doing, man? Chris, what is up today, my friend? We are doing good. Cannot complain too much on this November afternoon. Um... I'm good, man. Everything's well. You know, my work Friday is, of this upcoming Friday, like five days from now, is our Thanksgiving celebration at work. You guys have Thanksgiving together? At work? Yeah. We do a Thanksgiving dinner at like, well, like Thanksgiving lunch. Mm. Usually the Friday before Thanksgiving. This this include like all your traditional favorites, like... You got to bring something, and it's all Thanksgiving food, like turkey, stuffing. We don't have to bring anything. It's catered from, usually the last two years, it's been catered from Bill Miller Barbecue, which I still find it funny because you guys have a friend named Bill Miller, so that's just hilarious to me that he has his own barbecue place down here and doesn't know it. Very common name, I'm sure. Bill, sure. But Bill Miller Barbecue usually has been the one, and they, yeah, but they do the turkey nice turkey the pies some people could bring some stuff if they really are inclined but i don't think if i remember correctly i get to go around and document the festivities well that, that's fun and then we do runs out for all the crews out at the work job sites that can't come in or stop working and we'll take them we'll do runs and take them all food so that's always cool thanksgiving man uh very i think we even talked about this last year like underrated in its goodness like mm -hmm. We'll always want to skip Thanksgiving and go straight to Christmas. Like, no, give Thanksgiving its due. Best food. It's like a little. It's like a little practice run for for Christmas. Yeah, you know. Yeah, with family and get-togethers and like holidays starting. So, cool. That'd be cool. Are you gonna go see Eli Roth's Thanksgiving movie? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I did. I only saw like one trailer for that, and like, I like that it's just called Thanksgiving and not like Thanks Killing or something. Thanks slaying, like, yeah. Thanks slaying. No, it's just Thanksgiving. It's yeah. about murderous pilgrims. Or, so. it, or, or a movie I just saw came out this weekend called It's a Wonderful Knife. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to watch it because it looks like it's just, it's a wonderful life, but with a serial killer. Okay. So I'm kind of like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check that out at some point. I don't think I'm going to go to the show to see it, but. No, it's just, this one's just called Thanksgiving, and it's not even got a subtitle like Thanksgiving Murder Pilgrims. It's just like, <laughs> it's just Thanksgiving yeah. starring a murder pilgrim. Yeah. So, I don't know. I was watching a trailer today, and they were, they were getting me up on that hype with showing the audience. I always love when they show the audience being shocked or disgusted or amazed. That is a good ad advertising tool because yeah. that makes you be think like, oh, it's like, tested and this is what real people sing like whenever they do that with horror movies that does pique your interest a little bit like well, i want to be scared like that in the theater it's a hundred percent why i went and saw barbarian mm -hmm. because they were like they were showing those audience and then they were just like you need to see this movie without knowing anything and i love the fact that the marketing for that movie was openly telling you don't read anything don't, we're not going to tell you anything like you have no idea what this movie's about just come see it and i was like I kind of like that, so I'm like, yep, I'm going to go to the show to see that, because that's right up my alley. And if I didn't see that commercial where they showed that audience all gasping in black and white and the night cameras, I probably wouldn't have seen Barbarian until it hit HBO. 
Yeah, you you kind of wish more movies would do that, you know, but they get scared and like the advertising and then pre-sales start coming in and like, it's not selling as good. And then they give away stuff and whatever. But yeah, if more movies do that, like just come see it. We, we just come in fresh. That would pique my interest more often than that. It would yeah. for me, but I, I like to come in fresh to things. I don't like, I try not to watch trailers if I can help it, especially close. Like if I watch a trailer now and I'm like, yes, I want to watch that movie. I won't watch another trailer. And I try not to watch one anywhere close to me actually watching the movie in yeah. hopes of me forgetting what I saw. That's a, that's a method. That's a method. But one trailer I'm not going to skip mm-hmm. is this trailer when it eventually happens of the Legend of Zelda live-action movie. Now, Nintendo this year did the Super Mario Brothers movie, and it was animated. And I think everyone kind of thought that a Zelda animated movie would be coming, but the idea of doing like a Super Smash Brothers shared universe Nintendoverse um, I know people kept calling it was the NEU, the Nintendo Extended Universe or something. That people were making jokes over the NCU, the Nintendo Cinematic Universe. Um, there it is. Yeah. But they decided to, that they're going the live action route. And there were some tweets that came out this week that officially uh, Nintendo is uh, announcing to their investors that a live action movie is officially in development. It's being produced by Nintendo's uh, Miyamoto and Avi Arand from who originally started Marvel Studios, which is very interesting and has produced a lot of big movies, including Across the Spider Verse, Into the Spider Verse, No Way Home, Far From Home, Homecoming. It's basically kind of tied to all the Sony. Um, I think going all the way back to like Blade, I mean, all the original, I want to say I've been seeing that dude's name on comic book movies for my whole life. I was going to say his name pops up a lot in that, like, he's like usually followed Stan Lee on yeah. like a lot. It was yeah. like, Executive producer Stan Lee and Avi Arad. Yeah. And always see that. So like, yeah, his name is synonymous with with those type of movies. So that's an interesting person who's tied to the... But he's tied to really big movies. So that's kind of interesting. And they did announce that Wes Ball is set to a direct who um, most recently did The Maze Runner. Mm-hmm. I think he did a couple of those movies. What's funny is I guess that 10 years ago, he put out a tweet basically saying, I know I'll never get a chance to direct a live action movie but it'd be really cool if you did this and kind of made some suggestions as to what they thought. And now 10 years later, he came back that, Hey, you're going to direct it. And he's like, Holy shit. Life is a crazy, crazy thing. Sure. Uh, so my big question to you, Don. Yes. Who do you think Chris Pratt is going to play? He's got, he's got link written all over him. Huh? Link seems like, I don't know. The other person you could make fun of, like that could be, Similar to that is like, how long till they announce Tom Holland as Link? And that oh, was like, yeah, I could see yeah. that because I was about to say Timothy Chalamet will end up being Link, right? Um, but Tom Holland is Sony's go to, so yeah, if he's if they they redid Uncharted to make Tom Holland Nathan Drake, which was a terrible idea, um, I can definitely see Tom Holland being Link. That's hilarious because it, it might happen. Yeah. That one, I joke, that one's maybe true. No, and, and Timothy Chalamet, I can already see those those ears on him working hard. So I'm not going to be surprised when that announcement happens. Yeah, I could I, I could see that one too. I was going to say like, ah, he seems like a guy who wouldn't take like such a franchisey role, but he he, I mean, Dune. So he's Wonka. Yeah, he's Wonka. He <laughs> do he's kind of dipping his foot in there, so he's not above it. He's not above it. Uh, yeah, that could be another call. We'll see. 
Um, but yeah, no Chris Pratt. No Chris Pratt. Please. I don't see him. I don't see him fitting in there outside of maybe some like bumbling idiot type side character or something. He wouldn't work for Link. No way. He's too old. Yeah, they're not doing that. Now, now the other question that everyone's debating about right now is: Should Link be voiced in the movie? Can they make the movie with a protagonist that doesn't talk? Because Link's never talked before. Ever though, like in any game, never. The the Switch versions were the first ones where like they actually had voice acting of everyone but Link. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm aware, I haven't played the newest one, and as much as I played of Breath of the Wild, I want I I'm almost positive that he hasn't been voiced in any game. I think Breath of the Wild is the first time Zelda talked. It's funny, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure he'll he has to talk, yeah, but yeah. There, there, I don't think there's ever been a movie where every other character talked except your main character. Who just, uh, just, who just sits there and goes, hmm? Hmm? <laughs> right. Uh, just like making picks into swords. Yeah. The, the funny part about Zelda is this, this huge game that everybody knows, like going back to Nintendo days, um, you know, one of the first true RPGs. But like the amount of Zelda games I've actually played in my life is very limited because I've never... I've never really owned like Nintendo systems too much. Like I would yeah. Nintendo, Super Nintendo, of course. But then beyond that, I had like a Wii. I never had a 64. I never had a GameCube. Uh, I mean, my wife has a Switch, but that's not really mine. So it's like, I just haven't. But I still feel like I would enjoy Zelda Link yeah. just because what it is like a huge fantasy game that everybody knows. Yeah. But I've never really played the games too much. I know you have more so than me, but you've played a lot throughout the years, right? Yes, so I've, I've dipped in and out multiple times of, of Zelda movies or games. Um, don't get through a lot of them, but I've played a lot of them. Uh, and I bought all of them, but that's just me having a problem. Um, Zelda, Zelda does get me. I've, the fact that I didn't buy Tears of the Kingdom was mm-hmm. like a breakthrough for me. Because even leading up to that, I was like, I don't want to play this game, but I feel like I need it. Um, Correct that. You haven't bought it yet. Doesn't mean you won't. <laughs> I, I honestly don't think I will. Like, I just, I really, I tried so hard to like Breath of the Wild, and it just, the style of game just was not for me. There were too many things that just didn't, and I've tried, I've tried, I've put hours, I put more hours into it than I probably should have to get nowhere, so... It's just for whatever reason, it didn't speak to me. Like, I know it spoke to so many people. And just knowing that Tears of the Kingdom is more of that, kind of, just, I just can't. Well, that's just, I just can't. Um, If I I told myself, uh, the only way I'm going to get it is if I beat Breath of the Wild. So, good luck. Well, not, not owning, not owning Tears of the Kingdom, though, doesn't affect your Zelda fandom, though. No, 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 no. I love, yeah, no, I've still been playing Skyward Sword on the Switch. I'm waiting for that Twilight Princess re-release on the Switch. Um, hoping that gets there. I have I have Twilight Princess and Wind Waker all locked down on the Wii U. They need to make those for the Switch so I can have them on a system that actually is, is actually playable. But yeah, I, I always loved the Zelda. I was always dreaming about a Zelda movie as a kid. Just that Legend of Zelda thing. It was a big thing in my house. My mom loved playing the Legend of Zelda on the NES. Um, to the point where she was drawing her own dungeon maps because this was before you could really find strategy guides. Yeah. She was like drawing out the maps of, um, so, so she knew where to go and where the rupees were and she was doing the whole thing. And what's funny is I dated a girl in high school 
whose mom I went over to their house and she was doing the same thing with Orcarina of Time on the 64. Her mom was playing that game and she was writing her own strategy guide, include like where to get every, and that's like a 3D, like crazy game. And uh, I always thought that was interesting that there are a lot of moms out there drawing their own maps for Zelda games back in the 90s. Zelda, it's for the moms. It's for the moms. For the moms. It, it's games for everybody. So I'm super, super pumped for more information. We'll see how that goes. The Mario Brothers movie turned out to be super surprising. Well, that's one thing I will say is because of the success of the Mario movie, part of me is a little disappointed that it's not going to be animated. I think that um, an animated Zelda movie would be awesome. Not saying that a live action one won't. For some reason, I'm just like a live action Zelda feels more like a series to me and an animated one that then you could tie in with Mario if you really wanted to in the future. And we know the the world of Zelda and Link is just this huge um, open spanning thing. And there's just sometimes I feel like more you can do with animation in the fantasy realm a little bit. Um, granted, if if you ask the right person, the animated Zelda movie already does exist, and it's called The Princess of Mononoke from Studio Ghibli. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, so I mean, I'm totally cool with there being a live action Zelda, but like a little bummed that it's not going to be animated in a way. I don't know why. I agree with you, and it's a way bigger risk to make it live action. Mm-hmm. Um, because one of the things is how do you make this live action and not have it basically look like lord of the rings right because every fantasy thing that's really come out since peter jackson did the lord of the rings movies basically is compared to it and it just looks like it mm-hmm. even i mean obviously i was about to say it brings a power but that is lord of the rings but i mean the witcher to an extent was very similar like they all have that same kind of like level of fantasy grime to it and making it animated would have gave them a, a just a different direction that they could have went with it and it would have been just easier to do. It would have been way easier to create this world animated than it would have than it's going to be doing live action. So I mean, I, I'm with you on that. I would have almost preferred a, an, an animated. Seemed like the route they were going makes the most sense for a video game adaptation. Would have made a ton of money. I'm would sure. have made a ridiculous sure. amount of money. I'm sure it will anyway. But like, also, if you made it animated, then you're also getting like the nostalgia adult audience and a new generation of kid fans. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. So we'll see how that. Yeah, out. absolutely. I'm. I'm gonna. There's no chance. I'm. I don't. I mean, I'm gonna watch it regardless. So I'm there for it. Legend yeah. of Zelda live action movie. Let us know what you think about a live action Legend of Zelda movie by following us on all social media, podcast services. We're raised to geek everywhere: TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Subscribe to us. Look us up. Facebook, TikTok. Did I leave any out? Facebook and TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, you Twitter, Instagram, Instagram. Yeah. Threads. Threads is still a thing, guys. And we're on it, so why don't you be on it and and give us a give us a follow over at Threads at Raised a Geek. Uh, you can also just shoot us an email with your thoughts at raisedageek at gmail So make sure you do all of that stuff and join the conversation with us at Raised a Geek. Don, Loki yes. season two. Loki season two's over. We haven't talked about it. I don't think on the show at all, right? Oh, not yet. Not yet. So this is going to be our season two kind of just overall thoughts, synopsis, mm-hmm. which I'm about to read. 
but Loki season two. Here, you ready to talk about it? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, so let's start with the synopsis for those that may not know. Spoilers from here on out. So if you haven't seen Loki season one or two, we're going to spoil it for you to an extent. Get on it, guys. Get on it. Get on it. Get on it. Watch some Loki. All right. Ready. Synopsis. Loki season two picks up in the aftermath of the shocking season finale when Loki finds himself in a battle for the soul of the Time Variance Authority or TVA. Along with Mobius, Hunter B-15, and a team of new and returning characters, Loki navigates an ever-expanding and increasingly dangerous multiverse in search of Sylvie, Judge Rainslayer, Miss Minutes, and the truth of what it means to possess free will and glorious purpose. Glorious purpose. Glorious purpose. Before we start breaking down Loki's magic, let's talk about Magic Mind. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? I've been taking some Magic Mind. I know I've talked about here on the show quite a bit that I have ADHD of many levels, as many of us do. So focusing is a crazy thing for me. And what's funny is before we kind of got this product, I spent a week, week before I got my first uh, sample pack, I stopped drinking caffeine because I was like, I think caffeine is going to mess me up. So of course I get a, a drink that has caffeine in it coming and I'm like, all right, let's give this a shot. But it's got matcha, uh, like green tea caffeine. So that kind of is a very lower dose. Even they say on the bottle, drink with your morning coffee. So I'm like, this is the only caffeine I'm going to have. And it's been crazy to watch over the past week of how much better I do feel from a productivity standpoint. I work at home. I'm just editing videos. It takes a lot of motivation to sit down and edit videos all day. I've been surprised at the last week of how easier that has been. We try not to talk about our real jobs too much because we want to live in this fantasy world of comic books and movies, but we all have them. We all have Y'all got our day jobs. I got to wake up, you know, pretty early, pretty damn early. I don't get enough sleep in the first place, but like four in the morning, you know, an hour we like to act like doesn't even exist. So I've, I've been looking for something like this to kind of take the place of some of those big calorie filled energy drinks. And and this has been, this has been a nice little alternative to that. Um, so I, I've been feeling good. Like usually halfway through the day, I'll, I'll, I'll find myself needing something else. Like, oh, I need more coffee. I need more whatever, but for the past week or so, I, I've still kept this good focus, I feel like, during the day and haven't really needed to do that. So uh, Magic Mind, man, it's doing what it says it's going to do so and, far. And this has all natural ingredients compared to like the energy drink poison that we like to like like to consume. As I mentioned earlier, this has the matcha caffeine um, extended from green tea. So it's a little bit of a different kind of caffeine than your normal coffee they have lion's mane mushrooms and cordyceps mushrooms which scared me a little bit at first because you know last of us we did just watch the last of us recently last year so <laughs> so and all of a sudden i'm getting a product that's like cordyceps mushrooms but you know what feeling pretty good i'm not feeling like i'm uh, you know don and i don't have a hive mind going right now yet but it is a mushroom that reduces inflammation and strengthens your immune system so it's really awesome um if any of this sounds like problems that you might have in your daily looking for a new product looking for something that's a little bit more all natural if you find yourself slugging down energy drinks all day you might want to give magic mind a try check out magic mind over at magicmind.com slash raised geek that is r-a-i-s-e-d-g-e-e-k raised geek and use the code geek 20 that's 56 percent off a subscription where you can get like a 30 pack of magic mind that's one for every day with the discount code GEEK20 for up to 56% off your subscription to Magic Mind. Go for the 30-pack so you don't have to worry about what I have to do now and order more middle of the month. MagicMind.com backslash raised geek with the discount code GEEK20 for up to 56% off 
your subscription to Magic Mind. All right, and let's jump back into Loki. Don, I don't know how you want to break this down 100%. This, we had many texts as we were trying to watch this show going, what, how are we going to talk about this show? Mm-hmm. Um, but just overall, what do you think of Loki season two? Uh, still, we, we, we talked about how we're going to talk about this, like you just said, and I still kind of don't know how to even answer that question. I thought that it was okay. And I don't know how to exactly put this. They got to a good place at the end of it. And I was satisfied with how it ended, but I wasn't always happy about what it took to get there. So I'm very conflicted about this show and how I feel about it. I still kind of think, you know, there were times watching it where I was like, man, this is bad and not for me. And I don't like what I'm seeing kind of early on. And then at the end, there were times I thought like, okay, I kind of see what they're doing. It took, they took like the long way around to get to this place that I'm enjoying here in the finale. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of conflicted, man. I, I don't know. I will say with a definity that season one was better than season two for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I like season one a lot and for just a myriad of reasons, I do not, I did not enjoy this second season as much as the first. Mm-hmm. It's not like my least favorite Marvel show, but I don't think I liked it as much as I'm seeing out there. A lot of people tend to, and like think this is, one of the best things they've ever seen. And if that's the case, like good, good for you guys. I'm glad it, w- it was that for some people, but for me, it just was kind of, you know, weird decisions along the way and, and um, some confusion in the middle and, um, you know, uh, weird pacing issues and a lot of time travel, um, jargon speak that in the middle that just kind of like took me out of it. And, um, but then again, it got to the end, which I thought was one of the better endings to something in a in one of these shows or mm-hmm. in general. So I'm conflicted, man. I, I liked I liked it, but I didn't at the same time. Is that something that can be? Uh, um, yeah. Uh, so that's just kind of we'll talk our way through it, and I'll I'll try to figure out why I feel that way. But just for now, that's kind of what I'm going to say. My overall impression. Um, how about you? Very similar. Um, I think I'm, I, this show made me feel stupid (laughs) because I watched a lot of it going, I don't know what's happening and I don't know why that is. I've watched, I can watch very confusing stuff. So I kept trying to figure out if the show was trying too hard or if I would just wasn't getting it. There was just a lot of with the time, like you said, the time travel mumbo jumbo, the multiverse that I never felt like anything was fully explained to a point. And once again, could a hundred percent, I'm not blaming the show because like you said, a lot of people are saying this is like the greatest thing Marvel's ever done and it's comparing it to Endgame. And uh, that's crazy to me. Um, I don't understand that. Um, I think those people are bots. <laughs> I don't know if those are real people. Um, just because I all every Marvel project, you keep these, they, they just hear the, this group, this small minority of people that are just like, this is the greatest thing ever. And then like, it's always, it? it's always so extreme. It's either the greatest thing ever or the worst thing they've ever seen. Yeah. This doesn't fall into that category. I also feel that there were a lot of, I'm not a big enough fan of just the MCU mm-hmm. in general to have caught all of the nuances that this show contained about Loki. 
when I'm watching like videos on YouTube of like explainers and Easter eggs and I'm seeing like all these callbacks to like the original Thor movie that I've seen like once, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't remember Loki in those movies. Like I don't remember any of these things. So when they're making all of these very subtle callbacks to Loki wanting a throne and and thinking power is deserved and not earned, and then tying it all the way back to the finale of this show where Loki's sitting on his throne and sacrificing himself to do all of these things and kind of having these like big character like moments. I'm like, I don't remember that character. Like I remember a couple scenes of him in the Avengers. I remember, I only like really Loki for me. I don't remember original sacred timeline to Loki. Sure. You know, like, I, I have flashes of them. I remember TBA season one Loki. This Loki, I remember. But, like, the original Loki. So when they're tying back the purpose. But then I'm also trying to think, well, what point of this, like, where did this Loki switch? Like, where did he come from? He's a variant of this. Like, it just gets confusing in my brain. And I don't know if that's because I just don't get it. Or it wasn't explained well enough. Or they were, they, as we've talked about with these Disney Plus shows, is sometimes they just expect the audience to know more. Mm-hmm. And they're not made for a casual audience. And I don't think I'm a casual viewer, but at the same time, I'm not an obsessive viewer who all they watch is MCU projects, you know? Um, I've seen most of these movies once to twice, you know? So it's not like it's something I enjoy seeing them, but it's not something that I, like, base right. my life around. Um, so there's a lot of stuff I wouldn't, I can't say I'm a hardcore fan in the way that I'm going to pick up on stuff from 15 years ago that are being mentioned as, as casual Easter eggs or name drops, but then they're very important to the story. <laughs> like the appreciation that these people, that a lot of people are having about this show of being so good stems from like Loki's entire existence in the MCU. And I don't have that much passion for the character or the MCU to be able to put all that together in my brain. Mm-hmm. This is like what the 30, I mean, we just got, I think the Marvels just came out and it's like the 32nd, the 33rd movie in the MCU. And then you're throwing on Loki season two, which is probably what already the 10th or 12th show. If I count them out pushing 10 shows. I mean, that's a lot of content to consume and I've consumed pretty much all of it. Yeah. But like I said, I just struggle. I feel like like we talk about the Star Wars shows. Like, well, I didn't watch Clone Wars, so this show doesn't make sense to me. And I don't think it was to that level, but it was kind of close where I felt like I was missing something. Mm-hmm. It was a, a lot, I know. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about this, but I, it's, it's just like the show. I don't know how to properly convey it. Yeah, it's hard to convey them. And I'm, I'm kind of with you on the callbacks, making it, more impactful um some of them i did follow but there are some that like you i kind of had to see later on in people's posts about it to just you know chatter about it on the internet because a lot of people were talking about it after the fact um and be like oh yeah okay i i i get it he oh that's what he said in the in thor one and he said the same thing again but it had like two totally different like tones of voice and and meaning behind it and i can appreciate um you know, a lot of people praising the character development um, just because Loki's been around for a long time. Tom Hiddleston's one of the guys who's kind of been around the MCU for a long time. So it is good that his, this character got, you know, to go from, you know, point A to point B. We've seen him a lot of times mm-hmm. and having him 
be able to kind of show different things and like Loki's not always just some, you know, grinning villain jerk and like actually gets to go somewhere with his character is not something you see with a lot of characters. I mean, you can all, in the MCU especially. Right. Like besides him, who else? Like Spider-Man has been through a lot. Tony Stark was through a lot. And then probably besides that, it's like Loki. Um, yeah, Loki's he's, been through more than Thor. That's what I'm saying. Like, who would have thought that? Like, I'm, I respect Loki's character more than Thor's character after after Love and Thunder, they just kind of made it made him into a kind of a joke. Like they saw, oh, Ragnarok made a lot of money. Let's just keep him this bumbling, laughing idiot. What, yeah. Yeah. But um Yeah, but I, I get what you're saying. I think one thing that I can say definitively after this is I am just not a fan of or as big of a fan as it seems like I should be of like time travel stuff. I just get lost. Uh, I, I, when, when they're hopping timelines and things are changing and they're going from one place to the other, it just kind of loses me, man. Like, except for back to the future, like beyond, beyond those films, which are obviously iconic every time there's just something time travel I don't know. So it may not even be Loki's fault that I'm not as invested in this. I'm blaming the MCU for the way the multiverse stuff's been going. I'm just not, I'm not as big on it. Like I loved all the infinity war saga because it was about Thanos and the time stones. And I got that. But when we start talking multiverse and different branches and what world is this guy from? And this, this dimensions doing this and Kang's a time Lord and he has a hundred different of him. And there's a hundred different, everybody else and time and blah, blah. It's starting to get to me a little bit. And this show is no exception from that. Um, a lot of it has been entertaining, but I'm not following it as closely as I was the Infinity Saga just because I'm not as interested. They're not explaining it. Mm -hmm. Like every movie, that everything that's had the multiverse like in it has been explained almost differently and feels like something different. And like not really, I just, I just haven't got what they're going for here just everything seems like it's its own story that they're just making multiversal movies um i know i've talked about this before where i just don't feel like anything's really connected um in a way and they're not just telling one big multiversal story of like what's going on it's like they have to re-explain everyone's ripping open their own version of the multiverse it was like dr you know spider-man and he ripped open his own hole and then we had Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And even though he was in Spider-Man, he still ripped open like his own hole in his movie. And with Wanda, had her, she was ripping open in that movie. And then we had Ant-Man Quantumania, where they were down in the other realm of the Quantumverse. And then you had Loki, and he's dealing with sacred timelines and all of these branches. And you're just like, is this even the same timeline? Like The TVA, who was like this big organization, but somehow only mentioned in Loki. Not in, yeah. any, in any of the other time-based movies that we've been... And that's, that's what blows my mind is like, okay, Loki was the first Marvel product mm -hmm. to talk about the multiverse and the TVA and time. And it ended with Kang, uh, the He Who Remains, at the end of time being killed, which was going to start a multi multiversal war why and king is who you want your big bad to be 
Why or hasn't did. everything after that, the what? Or did for a while. Well, did. <laughs> and we'll talk about that in a minute because that, that's coming up. Um, but I mean, why isn't that the starting point for all of these movies? Couldn't it, it so easily could have been Spider-Man and you could have had what's happening right now and you could have had the TVA involved and you could have had that that instance in which he who remains was killed and all of the timelines were scattered and breaking through the loom and then you have like starting to see those ramifications of that moment and that would have made that moment so big yeah a can a kang variant not popping up at the end of spider-man in like a you know final credit scene or just like high off to the side somewhere is like a missed opportunity to yeah. tie together like spider-man was fun but it really was just, okay, we're going to use the multiverse so we can get in another franchise. And that's all anyone's ever done with it, is it because then Doctor Strange was like, that's cool, let's bring in a bunch of Fox characters. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool, but you're not talking about anything. Seems like what uh, Deadpool 3 is going to kind of do. I know. <laughs> so, yeah. I know, and it's, it's, it's just, I don't know why. And then you come back around to Loki Season 2, to pick up where Loki season one left off. They were the first, they obviously picked up at that point. And then they ran through all the way to their conclusion of the multiverse saga. <laughs> like for all intents and purposes, this could be done. Well, yeah. And that's, that's what kind of got us wondering is like, was that done by design? Um, was that like a quick audible? with what's going on in real life it's yeah. hard to, it's hard to kind of know well it is regardless because you know going back to the kang slash jonathan majors of it this show was definitely ended in a way that they can pivot the show was crafted whether or not the entire season was but the ending for this was crafted in a way where they could say hey jonathan majors we can't we're not going to use you anymore the tba has control of kang we're good. They if him Jonathan Majors, hey, come welcome back. Oh, the TVA messed up and they let the variant through. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Kang is done unless they want him to come back. Which we kind of theorized in our private conversations was a, you know, purposefully done thing by Marvel to be able to pivot if need be, if things yeah. continue to... Um, you know, be problematic with Jonathan Majors moving forward. They gave themselves an option, like a window, to be able to move on from him or continue with him and make it make sense both ways. Yeah. Uh, so we'll kind of have to see. But yes, in reality, they can end the multiverse saga with the end of Loki. It could just sit there and, you know... Obviously, I don't think it's going to with what we got coming to Deadpool, but um, well, and 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 that's I guess, and it's just we we can't really speak to this conversation very well because neither one of us saw the Marvels, but I'm pretty sure just from the last trailer of the Marvels, they were talking about universes breaking into ours. So obviously, this is still continuing. Now, did, will it make sense after the end of Loki? <laughs> like. Well, they definitely made it so that they don't have to use Kang in the manner that they once said yes. they were. They don't have to anymore. You can e easily change the name of that Avengers movie from the Kang Dynasty to something else. Yes. It's locked in stone. They've changed movie titles before. Um, they just changed Agatha's show for the third time. 
Yeah, and Captain America 3 or 4 got changed to something. It was called New World Order. Now it's called, like, something different, not that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not unheard of to do that. Um, No, after that's coming. Yeah, who knows? They'll they'll change that. But, yeah, it's just... It's just confusing because now even talk going back to the like ending this finale of Loki jumping through time in his own learning, controlling the time slipping and being able to jump wherever he wants and spend centuries learning everything, which is one of the things that they like to do in time travel that I hate. Um, I hate when you just, we're just going to keep doing it over and over and over again until we happen to get it right is lazy. It worked in Groundhog Day, but uh... that, but that would see. But I, when you're, but I enjoy that when you're stuck, mm-hmm. like because a time loop is different than like time travel. Like Loki wasn't stuck in that; he was choosing to go back over and over again to try to find a way to undo it and fix the end of. He was basically trying to undo season the season one finale. Bill Murray was just stuck; he had no choice. He was stuck there for hundreds of years or however long he was in Punxsutawney. That yeah. I don't mind when you learn a bunch of the what? What a good movie. Man, it's one of the best. But yeah. like that to me is like, of course, you're just going to learn things because you just are forced to live the same day over and over again. Loki chose to do that for centuries, hundreds of years, hundreds of years. So he could learn everything he needs to, to like, I don't know. It's just. I don't like when they do that. It seems way cheap kind of, to me. The way they kind of beat you over the head with that too in the in this episode, in the finale, what we're talking about because I know yeah. we're talking the whole season, but the finale is what we've seen most recently. Just them beating you over the head with him having to do things over and over to learn, like uh, when the King variant Victor Timely died going out onto the the part and like he got spaghettied out there, like spaghetti snapped. Uh, and he was trying to learn a way for that not to happen. <laughs> yeah. They did that way too many times. Like yes. a few, I get it. A few times would have been better. And then they did it again later in the episode when he was, um, when he went back to his conversation with he who remains from season one and he was trying to stop Sylvie from killing him to prevent all this. Yeah. Like, him failing at that happened way too many times. Just like, if I have to hear, see you soon, one more time, I was like, enough. Yeah, and, and hammering it in that, like, you're going to have to kill me. You're going to have to kill me. You're going to have to kill me. You're like, okay, I get it. Make the decision and kill her so we can move on. Like, you just hate Sylvie because you don't like Sylvie. I did not like Sylvie. I never, I, I mean, yeah, I didn't. So I wasn't emotionally attached to that decision. I thought it was weird that he was in this like lover's quarrel with himself. Um, <laughs> I'm not against self love, but I mean, it's a little, <laughs> little bit out there. The only thing that bothered me a lot about Sylvie this season was that damn haircut. Oh my God. I couldn't. Yeah, she looked horrible. I couldn't look at that. Like her hair was fine in season one, just like a regular person's hair. What's up with that? crazy nothing against people with mullets i mean whatever but i don't need to be looking at it on my marvel heroes it just looked she looked weird like yeah what what was that choice they went they went full 80s mom mullet is what they did i guess because okay i get it she was in the past and like the south i guess it makes sense but i didn't like looking at it no (laughs) i didn't want to look at it for six episodes um 
but going back to what you said about like the overdoing of it, it was you're 100 percent right. Is they like spaghettied Victor so many times that when you finally like got it right, mm-hmm. it dragged the show because I already knew like, well, this is going to work now. Right. So then he's walking all slow and dramatic, and I'm just like, oh my god, just get down there. It's get there. <laughs> just get there. I know it's going to work because I watched it fail 12 times. So obviously, if you're showing me this one, it's because it works. So just get down there. You do not need to make him walk so slow, right, down that ramp because we know he does it. Whether or not it works, that's the point we need to get to, not him doing it. So it was just like I said, as you as you mentioned back in the when you were talking about you know our initial thoughts, the pacing, especially yeah. of this finale, but just the show in general that there were full episodes that kind of didn't. I know people loved the science fiction episode where they were going back and seeing everyone's place on the timeline and seeing where, where they were snatched from or who they, the original people they were variants from. And that's fine. I didn't need a whole episode of it. Mm-hmm. Like to me, it felt like a real stall out from between episodes four and the finale, because then it was like, okay, cool. Yes. Everyone has a life, but I don't care about that. Right. I don't care about who they're variants of. I care about them. They're all variants. That's what I care about. So it was very just like I'm watching that episode like I don't care about OB's failing. And granted, it was funny that he was trying to sell his books in the store. Um, like it had little moments, but I did, didn't need a full episode of that. And still no explanation of why Sylvie, Sylvie could remember who Loki was. I guess maybe because she was never on the timeline or she just went back to her life. I didn't fully understand how they all went back and disappeared and forgot who they were. See, I'm, I'm just confused about what you're even talking about. I'm trying to remember. That was when everybody got, uh, that was when they were doing the original moment where Victor stepped out and got spaghettied. Right. And then the loom kind of just went super bright. And then Loki started like jumping through time, trying to find his friends. Mm-hmm. And they all just went back. And I didn't understand why that happened. Like the timelines got so big that they then just brought them back. Yeah. I just, it didn't do anything for me. There's a lot, just like not understanding is the key word here. And we kind of said it, but there's just a lot in this show that I feel like was over, over complicated just for the sake of talking in circles, the loom, the, the timeline, the, all, all that stuff is and like branching and not being able to hold the branches correctly and the, well, uh, it's just it. Why are you guys being so complicated with this stuff, man? People who people who just want to watch a Loki show, like this, is so far beyond what I associate with being a Loki show. I don't like, which is what I liked about the ending so much is Loki getting back to Loki when he when his outfit was disintegrating and he finally got his classic suit back and those horns came out. I was happy, yeah, just because I'm just kind of tired of seeing time travel Loki with his little tie. I don't want, I don't want that Loki or like, give me, give me back something, something that feels Loki-ish. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, just a lot of your, the, the, but like I said, I did really like the ending. We could talk about that more in the ending, but you did mention OB, um, who was, um, a new character in this. Did you kind of like the cast performances or, 
Yeah, I thought everyone did a great job with what the, what they were tasked to do and who they were and what they did. I didn't pull up the cast; I forgot to, so I don't have anybody's name. Um, well, we know we know like the usual. Most of the cast from season one kind of came back. It, to obviously, Tom Hiddleston's show, Owen Wilson, of course, back as Mobius. Um, then, pretty much most of the cast from season one, I think, came back, and then we did yeah. get the addition of the Ob character and. Um, Jonathan Majors coming and playing a different variant, Victor Timely. Yeah, which which thing about him and all that? <clears throat> Complicated. Yeah, I didn't necessarily need Victor Timely. Like, I just didn't. He talked too slow. I understand people have stutters, and I'm not here to. But I just kept being like, "Spit it out, man! Just get it out." Um, I understand represent stutters and that's fine and i don't want to shit on people who stutter because I, I know that sucks and it has to be super frustrating but like he just the way he did it i was just kind of like okay okay and then most of the time it was just like he kind of felt like you knew where they were going with him or what they were doing with like i just didn't really understand what the purpose of him was outside of maybe just explaining the tba but was he also the version he was just another variant out there so what was his purpose he created the tv i thought i thought the man at the end of time he who remains i don't know why i can't remember that he who remains invented the tva right yeah victor timely timely wrote the handbook but he he's like a variant of the the man yeah the he who remains and he wrote the handbook, even but OB wrote the handbook because he did, but he wrote it because OB did, which was I thought that was kind of clever, but um <laughs> it's clever as we're both rolling our eyes. <laughs> right. It's that kind uh, of clever. Uh, it's just it's just another thing they throw in there with like time based stuff, just like but, oh but, he did it. Yeah. But then it but then it immediately makes you think that there's a hole in there somewhere where that doesn't work. It's like the chicken and the egg, and you kind of try to figure that out and you're like, wait. At what point does that fall apart and don't doesn't work? <laughs> right. If you overthink it, which yeah. I overthinking watching this show. Um but yeah, I'm I thought most of the performances were okay. Jonathan Majors he's a method actor, dude. He's just kinda like yeah. kind of delved into it and I think Victor Timely on the show was just a way of them getting him onto the show a little more. Um, yeah, I did like it. I did like in the final episode him coming back as He Who Remains. That was like what made me like the finale so much is him getting back and him and Loki having more with each other. Yeah, and like Loki walking up that ramp is why I did enjoy this finale. Yeah, I kind of Loki ended up. Um, but I was happy to have him back as He Who Remains because that was such a big part of why I like season one. Him. Yes character with his you know monologues and being the smartest guy in the room and you know being a step ahead of everyone and he was a step ahead of loki again this time and just like his whole attitude like he's been the best jonathan majors has been the best so far in his marvel tenure as that character more so than king in ant-man who i did enjoy as well but ant-man was bad movie so that kind of hurt it and then more than Victor Timely, but when he's been, he who remains, he's been perfect. Yeah, uh, I can absolutely agree with that. And I, I enjoyed coming back. I loved him and Loki and their their banter, them being able to talk, and Loki kind of even coming back at him and is like, why do you think this is the first time we've had this conversation? And kind of almost having a one-up on him. That was awesome. 
I enjoyed all of that. Um, I didn't enjoy Hunter D90. Okay. I just didn't see the point. And they did so much with him. But then, really, I don't know what happened to him. Like, they did a lot, but then... He, yeah, he, got, he, got, he got a lot of screen time there in the middle episodes for, like, something yeah. that really mattered too much. And, like, who killed all the, 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 the hunters? They put him in a cube. That was that was Miss Minutes and Renslayer, right? Slayer, yeah. But all didn't didn't all of those hunters weren't they doing what Renslayer wanted? I thought wasn't Renslayer there to like purge the timelines or prune the timelines? I don't know what Renslayer was doing. What Miss Minutes and Renslayer were trying. I know Renslayer needed to go back and was they were on the mission to basically create Victor Timely. Okay. Because they dropped the book when he was a kid, which I didn't understand unless he became a variant. Because I thought variants became variants at the age in which they were variants. <laughs> I don't even know what you just... Like, Loki. Loki, when he, the second he became a variant by stepping through that portal and not getting arrested and sent back to Asgard, became a variant, he was the same age. Sure. So Victor Timely is a variant... Of he who remains, but we saw him as a kid, so that means he became a variant. So they like broke off time at that age. I'm, I'm, I think I'm leaning into something that doesn't matter. But I, I always it's... pictured variants being the same age. So the fact that he was a child, I was like, wait, why is he a kid? But I think that was the first one before variants. Like that little kid who got the TVA book dropped in the window, I think was like the first, we don't even know what his real name is, like his human name or whatever, but I think he's- Is it Victor just... Timely? No. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> if you know the answers to these questions, yeah. hit us up on social media at Raise the Geek or RaiseTheGeek at gmail.com because it'll help us out a lot. This is this is to our point is we're not stupid. Like, <laughs> you and I are like semi-smart individuals, and the fact that and we get a lot of complicated movies that we watch sometimes and shows. Like, I can understand things if they're laid out in this in such a way that it makes sense. But there's just too much about this that just was laid out strange and work and said weirdly and explained awkwardly that it's just like. I mean, the stuff, some of the, a lot of it went over my head and I, I'm, like I said, we're not dumb. So that shouldn't have been yeah. because in such a way that, you know, someone acting like they understood everything that was going on in the show. I disagree. I don't think there's any way somebody could fully understand what everything they saw in, in this. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I am stupid. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> there could be definitely people listening to this going, yeah, you guys are just dumb. You didn't get it. Um, but I mean, I can easily say I got it. Mm -hmm. It's like a lot of people are doing. Uh, Yo, yeah, it was great. You know, there are a large chunk of people that just, if they don't get it, they assume it's got to be cool or important. So then they just say they got it. Oh, I got it. Oh, I got it. It was so revolutionary. It was so deep and insightful. And this, and it's like, no, sometimes it's just dumb. Sometimes and, just like a bunch of gobbledygook. Yes, there are some times where people try to write things smart, and that's, I, I, personally, that's how I felt this show was, was they tried really hard to make it complicated so th it seemed more 
important. It seemed more like artsy. It seemed fancier. It seemed better than it actually was. Um, and and part of the problem with that is, as we talked about, it's tied into the MCU. It's the MCU's like biggest flaw is the fact that it's so big at this point that then you're trying to connect back all of these dots and it's it's impossible for it to work at this point like it's too big yeah like they even miss stuff of their own things and they got to go back and correct it because there's too much to keep track of yes now and you painted yourselves into this corner of time travel being one of the most complicated storylines when you ever try to tackle it like you have to be so precise with what you're doing and they're not doing it good yes. so um loki kind of suffered from that yes season yeah there were definitely i mean the visuals were really cool mm -hmm. i liked aspects i enjoyed the performances um i wasn't like all out bored i had rare parts where i was like okay as you said the pacing needed some work i just was, felt like it was, it was boring during the beginning i don't care the first couple episodes are boring they, it picked up for me a little bit in the last couple yeah um, but those first couple, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I can't, I can't handle this. this. And it was much smaller scale than the first season to me. Like the first season to me just seemed like a big adventure yeah. that he, that he was on and he'd go places in different locations. And they did that a couple times in here. Like, I know they traveled back to Chicago, but that was like a time travel thing, but that was kind of just like a goofy, whatever. The first season just felt epic, more epic, right? This this almost seemed like a interlude. Like it was a very small story. Mm -hmm. I guess more intimate is what they were going for is because it was just about Loki, but it felt like it was like, this is it. This is all you're going to talk about. It's kind of like Mandalorian season three. You're like, you're going to spend the entire season just trying to return an item. Like that should be one episode and you're done. Like you're going to spend this whole episode just with this one. I mean, the problem was the loom had too many branches and couldn't contain time. And that was it. Like they didn't, they could have fixed that in the first episode and then went on an adventure. Like I didn't need six episodes of the same problem. Mm -hmm. um, it just didn't feel like, I mean, I understand that's a big problem to have time exploding. Uh, yeah. But then at the same time, it's still like, well, the TV, I, I didn't see the purpose of what was happening. I understand the TVA would die, but did we care? Like, I, mean, they, I mean, if all the timelines busted through from the loom, like they were trying to stop, then those timelines exist. And I guess I, I guess I understand that then that frees all of the Kangs so they could like run amok. So that was what they were mainly trying to stop from happening. But they also had, wasn't there a part in there where like the timelines were disappearing and that's what they were doing? Cause like every, if a timeline is gone, then all the people on it are dead. So that yeah, you know, then they came back around and did that because then I know when when what's her face, um, Hunter what was the other Hunter that was blowing them up Minuteman Nine when she was had her whole mission and they were pruning all of those timelines like they did in the first season and everyone was cool with it. Right. It's like you're pruning the timeline. That's what the TBA is there to do to protect the sacred timeline. So then everyone's freaking out that she was doing it because now all of a sudden they care that there's people on these timelines. Yeah, I don't think they. The TVA changed its ways after season one because they realized it was. But only some of them did. Right. So then only our characters knew what was right. The rest of the TVA was like, no, 
we're pruning this shit because that's what we're here to do. And you're like, well, yeah, that's what you're there to do. And then if you're pruning all these timelines, then those variants are disappearing too. Right. So, yeah, they're, they were fixing the problem. <laughs> keep complicated, man. Just keep yeah. going. So you see, we're now, we're, we're like putting our brains out there for you all to understand why we didn't. The questions we were asking ourselves <laughs> and why I struggled with this this season yeah because this is what my brain was doing on the episodes every decision they made i would go but and then i'd have a comment and it was that was the problem i I shouldn't think that it should be explained in a way in which i understand it so i don't ask those questions once you start asking questions about time travel you lost the audience yeah and i mean to kind of tie it back to how what i originally said about this season is i like how they i like where they got to i like loki's ending i think it's a fitting ending that he's gets to kind of redeem himself and be a hero to his friends he's not trying to save the world the universe he more or less is just trying to save his friends yeah he gained you know he was always kind of a guy who was alone yeah but he's, he's grown close to sylvie and mobius and everyone else and it's like he wants to finally do what's right and so he does get to sit on a throne like he originally wanted to, but it's a different throne than he could have ever imagined. Yeah. I like how they got there. I like the fact that they got there. I just don't like the way the path they took to get there. I yeah. think they were um, easier to understand, easier to watch, less convoluted ways to get him to that ending. Because like I said, the last scene of him crawling up the stairs in his outfit and like pulling all the timelines together and finally sitting on the throne uh of time and like becoming the tree of life and the god of stories like i like that i like that ending for him i just don't like how they got there you know yeah 100 percent agree 100 percent agree my easiest way to kind of say it did you do you think that's the end of do you think that's like tom hiddleston's loki farewell um not necessarily. I think we'd probably see him again. I think it could be if he, if he wanted it to be. It would kind of be weird for him not to get some kind of other... That's closure for his character, but that's not closure for like his effect on other characters, maybe. like I think him and Thor should be able to talk one more time about some stuff. Or Yeah, but um, Thor... For Thor, Thor, his brother's dead. Right. Thor thinks he's gone. I mean, maybe it is. But... Yeah. It's selfish from an audience point of view that, you know, I'd like to see Thor be able to look at Loki and be like, oh, you did become yeah, important and good. And um, even though, I mean, I guess that is the way Thor, Thor's relationship with Loki ended at the end of, at the beginning of Endgame, right? When Thanos killed Loki. And they had their talk. Right. Um, so I guess closure on their relationship is there but just us as viewers knowing what loki has done since even though it's a variant of that loki but it's still loki yeah um, how many times can i say loki uh but yeah i mean it could it could potentially be the last we see of him but this all co- also kind of hinges on what their plan moving forward with the multiverse saga is if, yeah if maintain um, Kang as as this villain, which you know, conflicting reports say Marvel wants a lot, and Marvel want to. There's people who don't want to. There's been talk of like maybe they'll try to shift to Doctor Doom earlier than they thought they would. Yeah, uh, 
but if they if they continue on with Kang, I think Loki's character still has more to do with that. So I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that's that's it for him? I mean, that- it a lot of time. The what? He's put in a lot of time. He's putting a lot of time, and and these Disney Plus shows kind of have all been like handing off to the new characters. You know, we have Sylvie that can really continue the Loki mantle uh, moving forward if we really want to. Once again, they never explain these timelines or the multiverse, so I don't know where any of those characters are. Um, I don't remember if they said that they went and they're all living on the timeline. Well, I guess they're all still working for the TVA, so they can show up. Lily and Mobius left. I thought Mobius was sitting on that desk talking to... Yeah, but then he he told Hunter 99 or whatever her name is that he was leaving the TVA. Oh, okay. And then he came back to the sacred timeline to like see himself with his kids in their house. So, that's so he's just, he's just going to watch himself? He said he was just going to hang out for a while. Loki or Sylvie asked him, like, where do you go next? He's like, oh, I'm just going to, I think I'll just stay here for a while. And she, and he asked her what's next for her. And she just kind of said, I don't know, and walked off. So who knows where yeah. she's going to go next. Yeah, I, I'd be happy if it was the end of Loki. Like, I really don't think I need any more closure between any of these characters at this point. I figured you have enough that you can bring them back around if you need to, but I mean, I figured he's there holding time together, so he kind of needs to stay put. Um, unless, she, like I said, depending on where they go with the Kang of it all, you know, if if they start busting up more variants, um, because that's part of the thing. It's like, like I said over and over again, is I don't even know how you, I don't know how they're, what their plan is for Kang. Not the Jonathan Majors of it, just in general. Like, we haven't talked about variants in anything outside of a TV show on Disney+. And they were, at the, they were at the end of Ant-Man. Well, they showed them, but, like, they never talked about variants of this dude being a, like, all of this setup that they did in Loki Season 1. If you didn't watch that, you have none of that information in these movies. <laughs> you don't know what the TVA is because they never talked about them. You don't know what a variant is. So I don't even know how you introduce Kang at a large MCU cinematic level. It's it's funny to say, but I like and never in a million years would I have thought we uh, we would say this, but like I think we'll know more information when Deadpool 3 comes out <laughs> because because you know, that's rumored to have a like to mention the TVA and to have the TVA and okay. Like, Deadpool fucked with time at the end of Deadpool 2, remember? He's like, he was traveling and like killing himself from the past and uh, he killed himself as Green Lantern. Like if they use that as that's why he's a prisoner of the TVA because he messed with time at the end of Deadpool 2, that's going to be hilarious. And, you know, he's going to break out and go find Wolverine or whatever the hell. He's going to be a variant of himself? Yeah. So it's funny, like Deadpool 3 will might give us some answers as to where we're headed with the multiverse saga. I know. Who does who'd have thought that? Do you want them to I mean and like I said, outside of I don't want to dive into a, a legal conversation of any way or anything. It's not what this show's about, but We're not lawyers. We're not we're not lawyers. But do you wanna see them jump to Doom faster? Well, are you basically are you happy if we don't see Kang? Are you satisfied with Kang the Conqueror in what we've gotten up to this point? Because like you said, right now they're the TBA's got him on lock. 
So, yes, obviously they have it set up so they could go either way with it. But, I mean, say this is it. Because it wasn't ending for Kang as much as it was for Loki. If you're happy about Loki's ending, how do you feel about Kang's? If this is it. I am more... I'm disappointed in the portrayal of Kang so far. And it's not Jonathan Major's fault because he's excellent outside of his you know, real life troubles. Him as an actor, I think is perfect, like for the role, especially after Loki season one, just seeing what was in store. I think their biggest mistake was using him in Ant-Man, Quantumania. Um, That could have been a different variant. I don't think that should have been King the Conqueror and you let him get, you know, you want him to be the big bad of your current phase you're in and you just let him get beat by Paul Rudd, by Ant-Man, like, that don't that don't say a lot. Thanos, Thanos wasn't out here getting beat by Hawkeye in a in a Hawkeye project before Infinity War. Yeah. So I think like using using Kang in that movie was a mistake, and that that it wasn't like I said Jonathan Major's fault. That movie was just bad. It had a bad script. It was just a bad movie. I don't I don't, I don't like feel bad about saying that at all. That was a really bad movie, and it should not have had Kang. And it like lowered my hype level for him as a character. Yeah. Uh, for them to go against. So if they if they did pivot beyond like past him and wanted to go a different direction, I wouldn't it wouldn't upset me too too bad. Um, I didn't think I'd say that because I was super pumped. I I still remember being super pumped about Kang entering and like being the big bad. And um, I just think their utilization of him to this point has been underwhelming. So. Um, you know, that could change in the future, but now everything is just so muggy and foggy with what's going on with that character. So I don't know. I don't know. How about you? Same. I'm, yeah, same. I'm just surprised. Price. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of cool with where they did. The potential was there with his initial Loki premiere in season one, the finale. I was so pumped, so hyped. That was like the greatest thing I've seen in a long time. I loved it. Um, seeing Jonathan Majors just do his thing. Um, seemed so menacing but friendly at the same time like there were so many levels to it just really enjoyed that and then yeah to not really know anything past that which is fine but then yeah coming at the Ant-Man of it it's just kind of like alright I'm good I, I, you know I'm like alright I don't know how you bounce back from this let's just move on and give me some Doctor Doom I wouldn't be mad at it I wouldn't be mad at it <clears throat> did they give us Fantastic Four they didn't fast, that didn't come out yet right no, Did say the casting week. was supposed to be this week. Yeah, I, I heard one like it would be at the end of the week. Then some another report was like, no, it'll be at the end of give it two weeks. But the the feeling around the industry has been they're going to announce it now with like the actor strike ending and that being something they're going to start talking about um, shortly in short order. But you know we've heard that before, so who knows? Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Well, you have any Loki season two final thoughts? Anything that you want to shout out about Loki season two? Anything that you want to rip uh, off your chest before we close the book on Loki, possibly as a character, and this show? Um, you know, not so much. I mean, we kind of we kind of laid it all out there. I I think, well, like I said, overall feelings on the show. Now that we kind of talked through them, um, just not as good as the first season and. Um, I was kind of hoping it would be up to that same level. It just wasn't for me. Yeah. Uh, 
but because of the performances, not because of whatever. And again, I'll I'll say it, I've said it already a few times. I like where we got to with <laughs> this character. I like Loki's story and how it kind of you know came to it. Full, it went full circle for him. He had the full character development from a despicable villain now to like being a guy who's you know a hero and these MCU characters usually don't get that much depth to them and like whatever. So that's good for the character. I just don't like how we took him there this year. Like what it took to get there was too, just not for me, you yeah. know, just so. Do you want a Loki season three? No. And I don't think there will be one, but I don't either. Just curious. I'm good with that. Um, this is definitely not the worst Marvel show that there is, but it is not, in my top five or whatever, I don't think it's kind of probably going to sit there somewhere in the middle. But then, crazily enough, Loki season once it's like very near the top, like maybe the best or one of the best. It's crazy, so, right? It's weird. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm I, I watched it and I'm glad I saw it and I'm glad I got to see where that character went. So yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I like it. And let's end this conversation on that. But as I said before, you have we want to hear your thoughts on Loki season two or the MCU, or just disagree or agree with anything that we say, hit us up on social media at Raise the Geek, all social media at Raise the Geek. Subscribe to the show over on Spotify. Rate the, sh- rate the show over on Spotify. You can also leave us comments on what you thought about the show over on Spotify. So definitely hit up Spotify and shoot us an email at raisethegeek at gmail.com. With that said, I think that's going to do it for us this week. So for Raise the Geek, I'm Chris. And I'm done. And thanks for checking out the show. Our geek is all we speak.